This is Moss Whelan and Story in Mind. <clears throat> and the topic is uh, looking to the past. And this is an indoor edition. And uh, by looking to the past, I'm talking about you know gaining structure, gaining inspiration uh, from past books, novels, literature, um, even, say, going way back to to the beginning. And now I'm thinking of uh, Gilgamesh, you know, on those tablets. I think it was Sumerian, Mesopotamia, some, somewhere around there. <clears throat> and so there's that, which is like, you know, this um, ancient record of a story of a plot of, of Gilgamesh, the hero king. And then we have um, <laughs> the, the stone tablets I'm working on. And uh, that's, that's another thought. Oh, now, now, now I'm getting back to this notion of the one story. <clears throat> I suppose that, yeah, that kind of ties in to, to the quality of looking back ancient stories and how we're, we're repeating the process through storytelling and that we're doing um, sort of like variations on a theme. Uh, let's see. Just, so just to put the one, to, the one story aside, uh, I was thinking of that earlier, is it, yeah, yesterday, last, probably about last night, and I was sitting there thinking about it, uh, Ron Howard, uh, the director, Hollywood director, who I first encountered as Opie on this TV show, and I remember the whistle, but I don't remember the name of the show. And <clears throat> the name of the show will surface. Uh, black and white TV show. So we're probably talking like 1960s, early 1960s. And it was very, uh, it felt very 50s, small town. <laughs> Ron Howard. So Ron Howard, and it was this ad for something, and he's talking about filmmaking, and he mentions this this notion of, that you know, one story. And he, he feels, at least sometimes, that there's this quality to, to uh, storytelling where we're, you know, really what we're doing is one thing. Um, and there is a truth to that, right? You know, that we're sitting, um, not sitting, but um, the way into in writing we're sitting, but we're even, even say dramaturge or however you want to call it, dramaturgy, the, um, the process <clears throat> of practicing and elaborating on and, you know, that, that, that where the, the play, the written play, goes to the stage, that there's this change that ha happens of adaptation. Uh, but I, I guess it's the argument of, you know, is the one story uh, that we're all working on, that it's, you know, we're, we're conveying, you know, we're, it, the structure, we're conveying uh, the form, uh, which is, you know, a scene, and there's something being communicated, and... There could be nothing behind it. It could be, you know, all of... I, I think most of literature is, you know, subconscious-driven. 
you know, and we're doing it, but, you know, if, if you really asked, and that's probably why most artists, you know, refused to, is this true? I don't know if most, but anyways, some artists will refuse to interpret their own work, and, you know, they'll leave it up to the um, audience, right? The audience, the reader, the viewer. So looking to the past, and then mixing with this idea, this notion of the one story. Uh, at the moment, I, I've gone back to some old books that I, I remember reading, and I played around with this idea before, and it was that there was... just put a baffle, close the door, create a baffle. Uh, right. So, past, uh, past books... Um, and that there's this uh, structure there that, say, doesn't get used very much. And I'll see echoes of it, like um, table of contents. Right? You know, really, there's no need for a table of contents. You know, and yet it'll crop up in a book sometimes. And I'll, I'll sit there for a moment, pause, and I'll go, well, that's interesting. You know, that's something you don't see every day. And it works. I, and I think it's that it, it's a it's a you know an homage or it's a, it's looking to the past, and acknowledging, you know what used to be done and what isn't done now. That's not to say that nobody's doing it, but it's it, I just don't see it that often. Um, I was thinking about I was noticing some things that uh, my publisher did with with my book. Now everything's going to fall. No, okay. Um, let's see. I had I had divided uh, my book up into parts, and I thought this was um, <laughs> thought this was a novel idea, right? I, you know, I'd ha I have these delineations, and they'd remove that, right? So I think it was part one, part two, part three, part four, and it was it was based on a three act structure with the second act being divided in half to get four acts. And I didn't even realize this. I think I was just so... I was. I was really messed up and, and, and happy and freaked out and um, despondent, uh, you know, when it was happening in retrospect. Yeah, so as I open the book, it just goes, boom, chapter one. And another thing that they did was... They have, <laughs> they have a number of things. Like, they have... Okay, they have the title page... And two, not to not to throw anything at them, I, or maybe I am, I don't know. But the title, it seems like the title page gets repeated, and I think this is to create a, a buffer. Oh, that doesn't make sense. But anyways, what I'm saying is I, I'm looking at the way that it's been laid out. I like the font. I'm just opening it up and I'm looking at the title page. I'm going, well, oh, that font was, you know, it's nice and big too. That's nice. And then it goes to my map. Um, and two, they added welcome boys and girls too. And I, I was sort of not sure about that. Like, really? And then we go to um, where, you know, they have smaller title, just, uh, you know, Times, New Roman, and then below it's got uh, the company stuff. And copyright information on the next page. And then they have the second title page. 
<laughs> whatever. But I just noticed the parts. That was one thing. And probably, say, like 100 years ago, it, it might not have even been an option, you know, to not have it, that everything had to have a certain thing and it was done a certain way. I love those old books that you opened up, and they have this tissue that is protecting um, a page that is like its color and its uh, glossies. Um, and I believe the tissue might have to do with, say, it might sort of stick. They're worried that it's going to stick to the paper. There's got to be a reason, right? Um, but, but I remember, that, like, say, when I was first seeing one of those things, I had no idea. It was just, you know, wow, look, you know, you're putting tissue paper. And, and other things. I don't know about you, but I, I love it when people get retro and they go back to, say, styles of doing books. The, color, the covers we have these days are, like, originally they were meant to um, protect, and I'm talking about the wraparound uh, piece of paper, right? Originally they're meant to protect the book, and so the, the actual book's cover was the interesting thing. So you would, you know, take the, oh, I'm forgetting the name, but it's, it's, you know, it's a piece of paper, and so you'd, you know, peel that back, not really peel, but just <laughs> sort of, uh, yeah, pull it away, and there underneath you have this, you know, beautiful stuff going on, and, and the outer cover is to protect it, terminology. There's some, there's some, it's some kind of like wrap or something, te the technical term. Okay, but I, it's so great to see somebody actually doing it, and it's kind of a treat, it's a surprise. Or say they'll do something, they'll have a cutout in the, the paper wrap. Um, the, oh, jeez, somebody's going to contact me and say, <laughs> come on, Moss, do your research. Um, I have, I have. Uh, it's just that writing and everything is a priority, not the publishing. You know, for shame. Um, yeah, so, the, so uh, there'll be cutouts like windows, and then so you can you can just see through to say the color and everything, the amazing thing that's going on underneath, on the actual cover of the book. Fly wrap, something like that, where it's the paper cover. My book was done paperback. Uh, they had mentioned if things go really well that, that we would do a hardcover. And even when they said that, I, I was I just went, I don't think so. <laughs> Thanks for saying that. And I think that was the whole point, is to, to be encouraging about the whole process. Uh, right, right. So how does the one story work into that? It's a bit mind-warping in a nice way, because then... You, you know, say for a moment you're looking at all books as one book, you know, a book that is doing a thing and is telling, you know, there's a narrative, there's a plot, there's a story. Uh, um, it's, and then of course that's a bit disturbing as well. There's that resistance to, you know, that suggestion. There's this desire for um, resistance. I heard. I think it was just yesterday I, I, that somebody was saying um, they were talking about children and what they do is they define that there's a psychological term for it where they assert their individuality and in a, in a way that they break off from uh, the parents and 
and you know, and then this is just you know human normal where you know that we're wired this way. Um, it makes sense <laughs> in one in one respect, but the, you know, but then we're losing uh, we're losing this other quality, and I've argued about that before. You know, that we're asked to leave uh, wonder at the door to adulthood. Of course, not some of us. There's some of us who are living life to the fullest. It's just that definition, right? That you know, dif difference. So rather than looking at books as like all books, um, I have a niece who I saw a photo recently of her, and she's got a book, and uh, so she's a kid. It's, you know, she's just starting to read. I don't even think read. It's you know, it's still happening. Um, it's a reading family. We're, you know, we're all book heads, and I, I, saw, I saw this happening, and, and was thinking about, oh, that she's, you know, she, she's, it's probably, you know, imitation, she's aping, and um, it, it's now, it's this differentiation between, say, symbols, right? So, you know, they're not all the same symbol, they're different symbols, and yeah, yeah. I think I saw. Her, I think she was watching a couple of other kids who were doing this thing, and yeah. So there's that quality of you know. Oh, I want to be like them. I you know I want to do this thing. I want to be an individual. Okay, so we're slightly off track, but we're moving forward. As I'm looking at my one of my etymology dictionaries, which I recommend picking up for those downtimes where. <laughs> you're you're in the way, or it's like I'm in the way, and it, things are not moving forward. And I'll I'll dive into this etymological dictionary. What is it, Walter W. Skeet? And this one looks it looks it looks like it could be from the paper's a bit yellowed now. So it's what is this? Uh, Nineteen? No, not giving me a date. gives it a kind of eternal quality. That's cool. <laughs> uh, no. Well, there we go. Uh, back on track. So, uh, topic. Um, we're talking about looking back and gaining from what has been done. And talking, talking about my niece, I'm having this sort of thought of that as well, of looking back and seeing oneself, right? And seeing, say, where, you know, in a kind of comparison and seeing where books come from, books and stories and uh, what they were and what they are now. Um, and then the terrifying argument that it's the exact same thing, which, which goes back to this notion of um, oneness and, you know, you look at a book and it's, well, you know, all books, Right, that's in one way it's devastating. <laughs> one way it's liberating. How so, Moss? Say, uh, yeah. So this is me thinking yesterday, and going. Um, I had I, I had a I was divided about it, saying you know okay well, if there's only one book, you know I don't have to do it. You know it's done. Right, I did my book. There we go. It's all over. And 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 then there was this question of you know, well, why do you do this thing? And, and you know, so, well, I, I enjoy part of it. 
And do you enjoy part of it to go all the way? As as Don DeBrant said recently over tea, herbal tea, he said, it's a long journey. I th- and too, I think the stress was on there, a long, uh, it's a long journey, right? Sort of giving me this warning. I was like, yeah, yeah, I know. <laughs> I made it to win it, right? Whatever that means. Right, so... Uh, so yeah, the quality of making, the quality of making this one book, it, it sort of changes it. In, in another way, the pressure is off. Uh, it's another aspect, you know, say a way that I'm I'm doing what I'm doing, and it 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 really has been impossible uh, to do it with with publishing in mind, with money in mind, and say you know. Wanting, wanting to do that, wanting to look at it and go, you know, well, yeah, I want it to be my profession. <clears throat> and two, that's, you know, there's a distinction between Don and I, and I value what Don is doing. And, uh, I, you know, I look at it and I go, that's awesome, right? You know, this, you know, and he's got a new book coming out. Um, is it Whiskey Foxtrot Tango? And it's about, it's about these animal characters and there's more to it than that, but uh, there's this delight going on, um, and so so good to see. And now we're back on track again. Um, so the one book, and looking back, one of the terrifying thoughts that I've had is that we are no different than way back, and say, like, you know, Epic of Gilgamesh, that there's no difference between the Epic of Gilgamesh and something written today. That somebody could do the same, you know, the same thing, you know, and that it's expressing the same concerns. I've sat in at least one class where where we, we discuss that and um, sort of jumping through time, right? You know, here's, you know, this is a concern about a king. And then we jump ahead thousand years, say, <laughs> and there's Beowulf. This is concern about kingship, about a king, and, you know, good king, bad king, and and then we jump another thousand years, and we're in the realm now of, of literature that's looking at the end of a republic and the, um, the crowning of a king, right? It, you know, that that's, and two, that's, this is not new. This is, you know, this is a fear. <laughs> it's a fear we, we live with. Um, and in, in Canada, it's this weird fear, too. It's like, well, it's like, you know, we've got a queen. <laughs> you know, and I, I'm still wrestling with that. It's like, what does that mean? And how is that, you know, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, yeah, it's like, you know, Moss. <laughs> Moss, become American. I'm scared. I'm scared. Uh, yeah, so you know what, but 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 looking for for inspiration, themes, um, topics, and uh, there's that worn out cliche of everything old is new again. Um, uh, you know, fashion, looking at fashion, and it's taking things, rearranging them, ta-da, um, or it could be the revolution of the. Romantics, for example, right? Every generation has their 
revolutionary you know, literature, um, literary icons who flip things around, you know, okay, well, we're going to do it backwards. And um, it's interesting, too, the, that not everybody gets into the canon doing this. Like, say, if you... I, I sort of felt like some of my instructors at uh, Simon Fraser University were... And to Douglas, that they were attempting to... That they wanted to get into the canon, right? That um, they're going to not rig the system, but they're going to play. And they're going to... Um, uh, yeah, that you know, of course, you know this notion of immortality, right? You know, you you pass away, but you have this legacy of literature. I just I just remember being in one class and <laughs> sort of I could I could see this guy's kind of, you know, his his plan, right? He has this vision of, uh, and it, it's fine, you know, he's got this purpose. Uh but at the same time, I remember it was it, it, there was this gaping void between the scholar and the students, you know, because you know he's preoccupied with what he's doing, um, and, and of course we get to hear about what he's doing and his his thoughts on it, and he's still teaching us, but he's you know sort of peppering it with um, new wave, right? You know, because of course new wave was nineteen eighties, but you know the new wave today, which can be strangely, you know, dislocated and unplugged from, from what is actually going on. These sort of universities, sort of these ivory towers, which is a terrible way to say it. Um, and two, that's not completely accurate. I, I, I'm just, I just got, you know, some things that were, um, yeah, it's almost like say a Petri dish separated from, from reality. Uh, but then again, you know, perception and what is reality to to whatever person. And too, I enjoyed it. I enjoyed meeting these characters and, and hearing about the divas and devos and, um, yeah, professors sort of scaring me off or just sort of, you know, checking, you know, are you sure you want to do this? <laughs> Not that I ended up doing it. Have, I have the interest, but not the grades. Uh, thus, thus, thus. So what, what I'm doing, I mentioned table of contents before, and that that's one thing that I went to. And I had this, I had this notion of, hey, I can do my, my um, I can use my outline which is going to become my query, it's becoming my query letter, and that I can, let's just zoom ahead to, to that to keep me on track here. So, it, so it's become, so it is this table of contents. It's sort of running, you know, dual purposes, dual? Three, three purposes. Uh, yeah, I have this, I think it, yeah, I've titled it Mega Synopsis at this moment. Um, and uh, it's it's this place of where the fusion is happening with these manuscripts, these ten or so manuscripts, and then too, it's not ten or so. It's just it's gonna it's reducing down into four, and and yeah, there's like blood everywhere and guts and gore and splinters of bone and 
fragments. Uh, let's see. So yeah, so the table of contents, <laughs> as uh, I'm actually going to put in, I, I removed it at one point because I was fascinated with the idea that it, w it could be the synopsis. And two, it's, it's a nightmare synopsis at this point because, you know, this is not something that you would send. Ultimately, it's going to get reduced down to those, the three, um, the three important parts, the um, storylines, three important storylines. Right, so table of contents. And two, this is part of this process of allowing it and um, uh, uh, the terror and, and allowing the terror, but also just keep going. And, um, you know, because I'm, I'm really freaked out. <laughs> but I've decided, it's just, let's just keep going. And, um, because it's better to be doing something than waiting for it to happen. <laughs> sort of logic in the face of uh, chaos. Okay, so uh, my table of contents is turned into, it's, it's sort of this, eventually it'll, in the book, like say if you looked at it, and to, I don't know. Right, it, it could be that the publisher will be going. We really don't want a table of contents. You know, just it, it's not the right flavor. And I'll be like, okay, fine, whatever. I'm using it as a tool right now, and I'm using it to keep myself on track. Like, say, because a normal synopsis, it's more of an outline in that sense. But say for the table of contents, I can have you know chapter one, and then this is what happens in chapter one. Um, point of view as well because I'm ha you know it's turning into four points of view now and then I can you know chapter one point of view character then chapter two the next point of view character okay so the next thing that I've pulled from old old books uh, that I like is uh, the foreword and I realized that, really, it's a query letter, is it? <laughs> well, that's, that's, I, I said, like, you know, it, oh, okay, I, I can name my query letter that I've put at the front of my manuscript, the foreword, and it works. I mean, it's, um, at, at least at this point, once again, it could be a publisher will go, oh, you know, it's, um, you know we don't do that at our publishing house the the other flip side of it is i have a kind of joy that in a way i don't want a publisher i don't want any publisher to publish it because then i can i can do it my way and i'm having a lot of fun with this playing around um looking at uh, old books and you know old like 50 years old um looking at these books and you know, gaining some structure, and th there's a different flavor and a way of doing things. Moss, why would you want to be different? <laughs> you know, exactly. That's, uh, you know, the homogeny and, you know, oh, well, we're going to be like everybody else, <clears throat> or we're going to imitate a, you know, particular, um, th you know, thing that's doing well right now. <clears throat> and that's a weird position to be in <clears throat> between... Uh, a writer 
and <clears throat> a publisher. You know, which which is the better? <clears throat> okay, so that's the foreword. Mm -hmm. And then the book I was looking at, I'm not going to tell you the title, because <laughs> you'll roll your eyes. Um, any, anyways, that uh, say the, the structure, it's this letter-type structure to the reader, and, and sending, this, sending the reader this, you know, dear reader, la 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 la, you know, this friendly correspondence that you've picked up, and it... Um, as I was looking at it, I, 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 it's what I realized. I was like, this is, this is a letter. This is old-fashioned um, communication. <clears throat> I think where it came from is um, early on, so, so 100, 100 or so years earlier, I think they were even doing it in the, early, in the 1800s, <clears throat> um, was that, say, before, uh, for example... I, it could be an epigraph, but I, I just remember um, something along the lines of uh, Spencer's The Fairy Queen. So we're going back 400 years. And um, so this is, I would say it's an epic. It's, it's, it's of epic length and intention. Um, it's it, of course, it's, it's um, biased. It's slanted towards... Um, an ideology, etc., right? Culture of that time. <clears throat> but at the beginning, there's this small note, there's uh, of intention, and, and sort of saying, you know, this is this is why I'm doing this thing. Uh, I'm thinking of other examples where there's um, even at the beginning of chapters, and and this is another epic example. This would be. Milton's Paradise Lost, uh, at the beginning of each, I want to say it's a canto, is it a stanza? I think it's a stanza. Uh, like, say, you know, a chapter would be this long stanza. <clears throat> so at, at, let's call it a chapter. At the beginning of the chapter, there would be an explanation of what was in the chapter. And it's, a, it's sort of strange because it sort of gives it away and says okay well this is what's going to happen in this chapter and it's it's a it's a paragraph small paragraph it might even you know be like a sentence long and it's it's yeah it's small um it, but you know, say this this notion of of um needing or wanting to explain before it happens and that there's this repetition that's going on throughout that takes me back to Greek chorus, where um, there's a similar concern for um, the narrative, for, you know, say for this, in a way, narrator is uh, approaching the audience and telling them what's going on. <clears throat> it's almost like those uh, in sports, you know, those, those, usually it's two guys and they're sitting there on, um, you know, microphones strapped to their heads and, and uh, commentators. That's what it is. It's commentators. And yeah, we're getting a, you know, commentary on this um, entertainment. Yeah. Moss, how dare you call sports entertainment? So <laughs> let's, move, let's move back to um, 
this this requirement. Uh, for example, oh, and you, I sort of got away with it in my book. At the at the end, I put in this. Really, it's a letter. It's a letter to the reader, and it was afterward. And I, I kind of like the the thought as well that I'm doing a foreword now, right? Uh, so that that works. Um, I've play. I'm playing with it because I re I require entertainment while I'm writing and uh, puns and things like that. Um, and two, uh, tonally, I have to say, there's this shift, and so um, it's there's something wonderful going on, but it's it's a differentiation from from what I had written. Um, but at the moment, for word has an L in it, so it's for world, and that's very me, and I don't know if it's going to make the cut, but that's where we're at at the moment. Um, and considering everything, you know, we're talking about fantasy worlds, we're talking about, you know, world views, um, it makes sense. Okay, so past the four worlds, there is a prologue. And two, once again, I can totally see a publisher saying, look, this is overkill. You can't have a foreword of this length, and you can't have a prologue. People are just not going to get to the, you know, the actual um, nuts and bolts, right? They're going to be <laughs> unpacking. Why is it double-wrapped? Uh, Triple-wrapped, right? You cover, title page. <clears throat> Okay, so the prologue, <clears throat> um, I, once again, I don't want to give away too much, but I, I saw a way of doing it where it was, it was like these nice um, essays, and uh, say more, you know, par it was a paragraph, but it was set up in this essay um, sort of format, and I, I had this feeling of a similarity to, say, you know, the, the formal kind of writing for... Um, university. Um, and to, it's the same as, you know, writing essays in high school. Um, and yeah. Anyways, so that I saw that structure going on and I, and I was like, oh, okay, that's a way to do this. Um, so difference, the four, the four world or word, uh, that say that that is about how the thing was written. <clears throat> like the process, and then the prologue with these small essays is is how about is um setting up the the world and it's this opportunity for the fantasy building. I don't see that very much anymore and and as i'm saying that i'm I'm thinking as well, yeah, I don't see it much, but i occasionally I'll see it done this way, or say, I'll see a prologue which is starting the story, let's say, and the, what, the example that I'm basing mine on is, is more concerned with um, presenting the fantasy world, and as I'm saying this, it, this say I didn't really th think about it, but as I'm, I, like I, I decided upon it, it's like, yeah, let's, let's put this here. I have a lot of writing that I have done about my fantasy world uh, over the years, uh, you know, say going back to at one time it was called Dreamlands because Poe, the poet, 
the American poet. Uh, he did he did a poem called Dreamland. Is he? But I guess most people know him for his um, you know macabre his uh, stories, not his poetry. But I, I I took the name Dreamland, and then I translated that into Gaelic, and then and then eventually it got to um, Terrapin. But I had to do a bunch of research to make sure that nobody else was using it. Like I I don't I think I spent a week at least. I knew I had to do it, and then eventually, so I sat down. Um, you know, before I started sending things out with with it, you know, Fantasy World titled that, especially the title of the book. Uh, so prologue. So uh, I'm talking about the first uh, little essay that I'm doing is talking about terrapin. Then the second essay is talking about a. Let's see. How can I say this? It's it's a sort. It's a it's a part of, there we go, it's a part of the fantasy world. And really, yeah, so these four essays are about uh, different parts of the fantasy world that it's helpful to, it's helpful for me at this point. It's like, what is going on? Uh, but I, also, I'm predicting that it's helpful for the reader. Again, I hope no, no publisher picks this up so that I can have a book out like this and have this monstrosity, right, and people pick it up and say, you know, Wow, that was very immersive. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's a yeah. It, at this point, it's a different it's a different beast in in contrast, and uh, who knows whether it'll ever see the light of day. But but these um, structures from this these tools ways of doing things from old books, I'm finding are helpful uh, for say keeping me on track. Um, Rather than, you know, you just have the manuscript, uh, what I'm doing is actually, it's giving me, like, you know, the letter is like a mission statement. The four-word letter is, is a mission statement. And then the, the prologue is keeping me on track as far as the most important elements uh, for the fantasy world, for even for myself, the background. Um, so part of the process, again. I love, too, on Twitter where, you know, there's these... Um, these diehard souls, these writers who will, um, it's all about the publishing, and I totally know that feeling. Um, and uh, But I do hope that they have a chance to do this, because uh, just that there's a lot of pleasure in this, and uh, publishing is nice, but... <laughs> yeah. Okay. How are we doing? Oh yeah, all right. So we're past the the midway point, and is there anything we say about this? Is sort of like one, one book, one story, oh, form wise, structure wise. Yeah, uh, pretty much we all agree that you know there's a beginning, middle, end, and that we have the expectations of what's going to happen, and these definitions like oh that was definitely a tragedy. Um, genre and to just the fact that there is a genre I guess bottom line for the one story is it, it, it's this participation somebody is creating something it, it, it's this wonderful primal you know even if you are using um, 
uh, a tablet, you know, <laughs> a tablet computer to read this stuff, still it, it's going, all, you know, it's the same thing that the tablets, oh, that's cool, the tablets of Gilgamesh, right? And, and doing Gilgamesh as, um, n yeah, now I'm having a little bit of a nightmare. Not a nightmare, kind of like, you know, time is, you know, being destroyed as I think about this. You know, who's Gilgamesh? Am I Gilgamesh? Right? <laughs> right? Who's this hero king? Um, I don't want to go to the obvious illusion. Um, you know, you know, the leader of anywhere, really. And two, it could be the leader of a corporation. Um, Steve Jobs, for example, you know, you know, the, the, the missionary, the uh, visionary, there we go, whoops, the, the visionary that uh, gets uh, kicked out. And uh, of course, the company has lost the vision. And so it starts falling apart. So they got to bring the, uh, the visionary back. That's totally Gilgamesh. Is that true? Maybe, you know, not that the kingdom is, is doing that terrible. The whole thing with Gilgamesh as well is, is that it's about kingship, and we start off with a kind of um, arrogant, um, what is it called, not wise, you know, self-centered, you know, leader. And um, the, the priests pray, you know, please transform our king because he's a huge jerk. And then, you know, there's this um, life journey that happens in this relationship, and then it leads to this uh, transformation. <clears throat> His ego is destroyed, and um, it's pretty sweet, actually. <laughs> Moss, I don't want to read, you know, thousand-year-old stuff, uh, but but you know, say see see how it works, and say you know, two thousand years ago, tablets versus you know the tablets today, uh, you know, who do, who's to say how, how much better, right? You know, of course you can say, yeah, but I can, con you know, I can communicate around the world, but the world, you know, back in Mesopotamia was, um, you know, say, you know, communication, you could just write on the tablet, send it over, you know, that was, you know, your ancient Wi-Fi that's not the same thing. Um, and yet, technolo technology you know, serves purpose, and the purpose is what you know, remains the same. You know, medicine, medicine, right? Oh, but that medicine is different, but it's still medicine. And, um, say, communication, right? Oh, well, our communication is better, but it's still communication. And, and I think that's where it, the one story boils down to. It's just this raw communication. It's, it's this connection uh, that's happening between two human beings. And just awesome, you know. Those tablets have traveled across time. Whereas our tablets have yet to do that. <laughs> and, you know, here's hoping, right? Cross fingers. Uh... You know, and hope, hoping that it's the next two thousand years are are much better than the last two thousand years. Moss, they weren't so bad. They had their moments. I I was just I was going to sort of celebrate my own birth, which is a very you know 
great egotistical self-esteem moment but I will celebrate yours and say you were born right you know and that was an awesome uh thing and you can totally shoot me down for that but you know I I will share my my self-esteem slash ego moment and I know it's different I, I know it's different but it's that weird sort of juxtaposition you know when is too much self-esteem a bad thing <laughs> I guess when it's irritating. Ah, <laughs> uh, right. Looking, looking at structure in old books, um, I mentioned the table of contents. And another example that I, I think there, it's, it's safe to say, um, it'll probably be obvious. If if you, if we're in the same boat, you'll probably be going. Oh, I know what that's about. Um, so appendices. And at that point, you should be going. You know, yeah, I know what this is. Uh, the appendices um, index. Uh, you know, I I hadn't thought about doing an index before for my book, but now I'm working on this. You know, the work in progress and and. So looking at it and going at, from an old book and going, oh, I know, you know, I could do that. Um, I believe Word is able to do that, and it goes through looking for. I think you have to give it um, common, like say you have a character's name or or something that turns up, and then you would you would note, like say you would enter it into a, a field um, in the word processor, and then you know hit enter, and then it'll find all the places that uh, have have that word and then have the page numbers for it. Are you really going to do that, Moss? <laughs> I'm going to be like really old and having a great time. You know, Moss, yeah. Moss, have you stopped writing? No, no, I just stopped publishing. <laughs> okay, so appendices. Uh... Right, yeah, it's a chance to do, it's, it's sort of like the prologue on steroids, and to not the usual prologue we have now, which is, you know, doing a horrible job of jumping into the story. Moss, it's true. Why not just jump into the story, you know? Um, and to, yeah, I'm just, at the moment, I'm sold on this retro way of introducing the fantasy world. And, you know, it's like, we should all be doing this. This is the way. Um, so the appendices, <clears throat> it's an opportunity to have uh, language, to be talking about language. And that's something that I have. But my my conlang is, you know, there's no, <laughs> there's, there's no linguistics to it. It would be really cool and yet, you know, such a pain to... Um, you know, f you know, find myself doing all that fine-tuning and having some super nerds come across it, you know, who are just, like, drooling and... Oh, oh, oh. Uh, uh, things like calendars, you know, and at this point... Oh, I guess, like, family trees. At this point, you, you, it should be obvious, and if you're not getting these references, then, then you know, that's okay, that's okay, you know. We'll have to take you to school. Um, so, uh, let's see, some history. 
this is just way too much, right? Uh, you know, talking about, say, you know, political stuff, politics. Really, too, this is just world-building, world-building, world-building. And why not? Why not do this? I've got some quotes uh, floating around. And, and too, this is, say, more recently, but they've, they've been important recently. And uh, I know that there's old quotes um, around here. You know, things... Uh, for example, uh, Poe's Dreamland story was important at one time. And when I was, you know, doing my um, Lord of the Rings... Um, <laughs> it wasn't a mistake, but it was just, uh, you know, those first steps. And, um, you know, it's like, uh, how, how dare I? What I really ought to have done if I was a professional is to sit sit down with the Lord of the Rings and go through and change every word, you know. And, of course, you know, it's sort of like learn from the master, but also, um, you know, learn from the master, make it my own, and not be not be totally ripping it off, you know, and being sincere about it. Because some people rip it off, and it's just so obvious. Um, is that true? <laughs> and to, I, part of me wants to do that, but there's all, this other part of me that just, you know, I'm not built that way. I remember sitting down with um, Narnia and, uh, you know, it, it was sort of a, a, a way to sort of get into it and stuff and, and see how it worked, but I, I wasn't able to um, sort of do my version of it. And uh, it, it more just turned into, like, inspiration, which is good. Uh, looking to the past. Um, in my book, I did uh, poems, and that's something that... It doesn't always. It is a. It is a. Is it a hallmark of fantasy? There is a tradition of it, but it's not necessarily enshrined, especially at this point. Uh, but there is an awareness of it, um, and I think too, it's a. A sort of it's there's fear as well, right? You know, not doing it the right way, and. I didn't just write my poems. Um, I, I spent, I drafted them. I, I did rewrites and, and um, gave them opportunity to, to grow. And, and they were particular. Uh, yeah, they were particular. They, they sort of had that set a tone and were connected to other things going on. So I don't hate, I don't hate the book so much anymore. <laughs> as I'm talking about it. I'm going, well, you know, it wasn't that bad. Uh, let's see. So we have the appendices, and... And also, I have to confess, this is a relative, relatively new edition that is, is helping me, um, because it's, it's adding this structure, even if things are cut out. Um, oh, please. Oh, please, let them be in. So, um, some copyright information about the publisher and maps, and that's something that's something that was sort of in there, um, and, and it's something that is evolving right now. 
I have I've mentioned before I've wanted to spend a lot of time I want to spend more time in Vancouver because before it was more commentary on Vancouver whereas this time I'd actually like to you know be in Vancouver and do do the work I gotta do uh, for example say you know Chinatown and so I'm I'm looking at that as go, going to a map of Vancouver and um, being creative with it. It would be interesting, though, too, to have the map. So this is me midway talking that to have the map. It's just a map of Vancouver that I've you know, maybe put together from a number of sources. Um, this would be an Adobe Illustrator. Moss, you know how to use Adobe. Yes, I, I went to, I took some classes, um, and I, it, it was, it's great. It's great to be using it and to have a better idea. I'm not ace excellent at it, but I can, I can, you know, do the basic stuff. Um, and two, I, I see, I just, I'm now I'm having a, this flashback to the first maps that I was making when I was, um, writing my stuff uh and two it was, the, it was my trilogy the fantasy lord of the rings um <laughs> tolkien sort of going no 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 you're not you know you're not doing me this is not me i would never do that uh go to school kid uh and and i i, I but i did these maps and this was via dungeons and dragons and also lord of the rings and The Hobbit, because they had maps, and there were other books that had maps, fam fantasy books. Um, so I was, you know, doing in pencil and, and doing those mountains where they're um, basically triangles, and then one side of the triangle is shaded. Um, so I, I, I adore that quality, but I'm not so fond of um, these maps that I see. I really like the pencil, you know, the rough ones, I and or even ink. I don't so much like the, you know, huge colorful ones, um, unless they are on the cover, and I haven't really seen that. I'd like, that would make a sweet cover. Okay. So, maps. Yeah. And I, I'm just at this moment going, well, wait a second, we could just do a map of Vancouver as, as sort of reference point, kind of like a place, a crossroad. All right, we'll you know we'll keep crisscrossing this um, real place as we're going to Terrapin and other stuff. Uh, and and then I'm I've I've just been dumping um, you know these notes that I've I've made you know say about like where characters live, the street address for the characters, and uh, and and to that. That developed while I was doing manu these manuscripts, these 10, 12 manuscripts. Um, and, yeah, so as, as I went through, I was making these notes for that manuscript and now have these notes that I can apply, drop in, um, and, and everything is subject to change. Um, yeah. May it never end, and then the the financial, you know, um, part of myself is, you know, screaming, crying right now. <laughs> it's okay. It's gonna be okay. We gotta pay the bills.
Oh, it's okay. It's okay. I should do it like the um, the unicorn voice. Right. But the, the thing is, though, is, is that the unicorn is that totally, you know, the character um, is that side of myself is totally in, into this, you know, the subconscious is like, yes! You know, and it's all the persona, you know, top nonsense that is, you know... <laughs> Moss, why won't you fit in the box? Uh, right. And is that it? I'm just scrolling to see what's at the absolute end of the manuscript. Yeah, so there's been this lovely um, evolution of, of, of the manuscript. There's things, um, like say, you know, I mentioned epigraph, and that's a definition to look up that, uh, you know, I have, I don't remember it, but I know where it is, say it's at the beginning, um, it could be a quote, and uh, I, into, I've seen it in poetry a lot as well, um, these homages, or say reference points and say how to, how to interpret something, um, going back. So I'm not limiting myself either, like say I... I find myself in poetry, and so I'm not a stranger there. Um, and two, I was I was actually working on something. I'm so, um, you know, concerned about Canada's human rights, and um, that I've been motivated to to do um, videos, um, you know, partly for information and education, but also as protest, and um, you know protest, civil rights, human rights, and um, indigenous rights, and that I found myself writing a poem, right, and actually going, I want to make this good, and I, w I would like to get this into something like a newspaper, um, and that's something old, right, and it's still being done, but, it, you know, it used to be, you'd see a poem, you know, every newspaper you'd see a poem, something, you know, some, somebody was writing some fiction, and, and again, you know, that hasn't disappeared, but there we go. So, uh, yeah, a kind of nostalgia factor. But I found myself working with rhetoric uh, as I was sort of doing this first draft of this poem. And it's not, it's not a poem in the, you know, it's not a um, confessionary, right? It's not, you know, the dog died, um, right? you know, lost my job, <laughs> As I'm, going, as I'm saying these things, I'm going, hey, wait a second, those things actually happened. Uh, and, and going on and on, and, uh, you know, um, you know, a lot of country music. Moss, country music's not like that. It, really, all music is like that. You know, let's not be prejudiced. It's, it's everywhere, you know, these, these ballads, codependent ballads. Okay, Moss, you're way off track now. How about we talk about the one, those things, as we end because it's last minute. Uh, talking about the one and, and writing. What a great release, not being concerned. Like, say, when I have those moments where, say, I'm doing the work, I'm not concerned about competition, I'm not concerned about people stealing my stuff. I should, I'd like to do, uh, I'd like to do that, because if you look up Greyhawk of Terrapin right now, there's at least three sites that pop up that uh, you know are offering uh, PDFs of the book, and 
and you know, and I could be upset, but I'm looking at it and going, wait a second, they're promoting my book. <laughs> and, and, um, yeah, yeah. So, and too, if there was millions of dollars, maybe I'd be more upset. Am I, am I upset? I'm kind of curious. I'm not really upset. I'm kind of bewildered would be a better, and, and, you know, flattered, I guess. And, you know, I hope it works out for them, which is, which is like totally reverse, right? Anyways, um, I suggest, I suggest going to old stuff, uh, old structures, old ways. Um, even just to say, have an opinion an informed opinion, uh, like say, that you have an option, right? Of course, you're not going to put in a prologue. You know, prologues are dangerous things. You know, un- and you know, unless you're you know, vicious, and uh, so be vicious. But you know, at least going back and looking at what prologues used to be and and the opportunity there, because I totally didn't know. You know that it, it's weird because I knew that you could put fantasy worlds into prologues i had read it but i hadn't it didn't register in my mind that i could do that and then also in the process that it would be helpful and you know whatever the publishers want to do with their chainsaws and their you know torture um, machine room inquisition that's their business (laughs) it's out of my hands thanks for listening and take care